What's a libertarian? I don't know. I've never heard about that. A libertarian? Um, a librarian that maybe takes too many liberties? I hear the crying of the hungry in the deserts where they're wandering. Hear them crying out for heaven's own benevolence upon them. Hear destructive power prevailing. I hear fools falsely hailing to the crooked wits of tyrants when they call. I hear them all, I hear them all, I hear them all. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Adam Davidson. And I'm Alex Bloomberg. Today is Tuesday, September 21st. That was a clip from John Stossel's show on Fox Business Network, you heard at the top. On our show today, we hear from a libertarian. Well, actually, two libertarians. That's right. This is part two of our fall election 2010 spectacular. (laughs) I've been hearing on TV and the radio these people saying this election is going to be a contest between socialism and free market capitalism. And we've been talking about that here at the office. And it occurred to us that there's just two small little problems with that way of framing it. The first problem, neither side is actually socialist. Problem two, neither side is entirely pro-free market either. The problem is it takes longer to say this. This fall is a pivotal election between a center-left coalition of interests and a center-right coalition of interests, neither side of which has a unified, coherent economic philosophy. Trips off the lips, doesn't it? It does in a very public radio-y way. (laughs) Right. All right. We're going to get to all these problems. But first, we need to get today's Planet Money indicator from our very own radical centrist, Jacobo Goldstein. Hi, guys. Buenas tardes. Hello. Uh, Today's Planet Money Indicator is 18. The Great Recession lasted for 18 months. It started in December of 2007. It ended in June of 2009. That's according to the official release out this week from this Committee of Economists that gets to decide these things. Right. The National Bureau of Economic Research has this committee, the Business Cycle Dating Committee. It's a bunch of very prominent economists who get together and basically look at a whole mess of economic data and say, this is the technical period of recession. And what they mean by that is this is the period where the economy actually was shrinking. Now, of course, recession means something very different to the average layperson. Right. So if you asked a lot of people who are still out of a job or have been looking for a job for weeks and weeks and weeks or years, if we're out of the recession, they would say, no, it still feels like a recession to me. But this committee of economists is saying that the economy overall did stop shrinking and it stopped shrinking over a year ago in June of 2009. They are not, however, saying that the economy has healed and is you know, roaring back to life. Yeah. In fact, the official announcement that they put out this week explicitly points out that, you know, often it takes a long time after a recession for the economy to really get back on track. And that's clearly the case right now. You know, the economy is growing. It's just growing really, really slowly. It's still not back to where it was before the recession. I mean, what we have right now is basically recovery light. And clearly we need, you know, extra strength recovery or something. All right. Thank you, Jacob. Yes. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. So on last week's podcast, we had a Marxist socialist, Richard Wolff, on to explain what socialism actually is and what a true socialist government might look like if one were to come to power in the near future. Today, we're going to have two libertarians on to explain what libertarianism is and what they like and what they don't like about the Democrats and the Republicans. We start with David Bowes. He's executive vice president of the Cato Institute and the author of Libertarianism, a Primer. 
Well, I like to say that libertarianism is the idea that adult individuals have the right and the responsibility to make the important decisions about their own lives. And our government today interferes with that right in a whole variety of ways. It tells us where to send our kids to school, how we have to save for retirement. It tells us what we can smoke and who we can marry. It demands that we give the government half the income we earn. And if you think about those things, you would pretty clearly say, well, yeah, it's mostly Democrats who want to raise our taxes and tell us how to save for retirement and how to give to charity. But it's mostly Republicans that tell us uh, what we can smoke and who we can marry. So there are ways that both liberals and conservatives interfere with individual freedom and the pursuit of happiness. So one thing you often hear about libertarians, which drives libertarians crazy, I would imagine, is that libertarians are pro-business, as if that means they support any policy, whatever it is, as long as it helps a business. But David Bowes and lots and lots of libertarians I know say that's not how we see things at all. What we want is free market competition. We want every company out there fighting for success or failure based on their own merits, but that the government does all sorts of things to stifle competition and help rich companies crush new entrepreneurs. They see this in regulations or subsidies that help specific businesses, but actually hurt the free market competition that they truly want. It's actually an area where libertarians and lefties, socialists even, all can agree on a common hatred of giveaways to particular corporate interests. You know, you can have a press conference where Milton Friedman and Ralph Nader and a lot of their friends uh, get together and say, let's get rid of farm subsidies, let's get rid of business subsidies, let's get rid of corporate welfare. And it doesn't cast a shadow over what Congress does over the coming year, because as long as we've got an interventionist economy, the people with the lobbyists are going to be the ones who who have the power there. And so my view is that we should allow the free market to function, that people making millions of decisions every day on their own behalf, spending their own money, putting their own money at risk, make better decisions than bureaucrats in Washington do. So I don't like to say no regulation because that might imply that I have the right to pour garbage into your source of drinking water, and I don't think that's what no regulation means because there would have to be some kind of system, whether it's common law or regulation or whatever, to protect people's right to clean air and clean water. But in general, I believe that people operating in a free market uh, make better decisions. So... um if this election truly was an election uh, between libertarian capitalism and socialism and, and the libertarian capitalists won and President Obama became a libertarian capitalist and, uh, and, and so did the Congress, what would it look like? You know, let's say they said, David Bowes, you're, you're now in charge of, uh, of, of economic policy. What, would we have a, a Federal Reserve? Would we have bank regulators? Yes, I would like to see a free market in money with no Federal Reserve central banking operation manipulating our money supply. Um, I would like to see the abolition of most of the cabinet departments. The federal government has no business being involved in marriage. It also has no business being involved in education. Education should be a state and local or better yet, a private matter. And beyond that, I generally think 
the civil society and the market process will do a better job of taking care of all of our other needs, food, clothing, shelter, education, entertainment, uh, all those other things can be better provided without the government's involvement. So I would... I'm just trying to think how my life would be different. Um, if you would I be much I, richer. You would be happier. You would be better looking. You would be taller. Would I be stronger? Absolutely. Could I eat fattening foods but somehow maintain a slim physique? Well, yes, probably because our technology would be, you know, our, uh, with, with faster economic growth, we'd have better technology and we probably would have all these miracle fats that don't uh, put any weight on you uh, by now. You know, Adam, the thing that both of these interviews share, the interview with the socialist and with the libertarian, is they both really make a lot of promises on behalf of their philosophies. You know, if we just embraced and implemented our philosophy, then all these wonderful things would happen. Like the world would look much better than it does today. You know, like the socialists, I, think, I remember talking about like, well, we would have universal health care and we would have, you know, workers would be much happier on the job. And then this guy's saying we would have magical technology that would enable you to eat as much as you want and never get fat. I got to say, in this one regard, what you just described, mm-hmm. magical fats on the one hand and health care and job satisfaction, I would definitely take the fats. <laughs> you would take the magical fat. Absolutely. <laughs> right, so you, I guess that's the true test. You are a libertarian. <laughs> well, I'm a fatitarian. <laughs> the one other thing, though, that I think that these philosophies sort of share is that the radical new worlds that both of these philosophies promise, that, that is also the basis on which they're attacked, Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have uh, people obviously attacking socialists, saying socialism would mean one central government authority that's going to, you know, end up being a dictatorship. It's big gonna, brother. Big brother. It's going to make life much, much worse for the average person. And then on the other side, people worry that libertarianism will just open the floodgates for basically corporate big brotherism, like that corporations, multinational corporations will become bigger and stronger. And without some sort of government presence to keep them in check, they will run our lives and sort of we will live under the, the thumb of the corporate oppressors. Yeah, I asked David Bose about that. I feel like when I, when I talk about libertarianism, uh, you know, to some of my friends, they say, oh, my God, that would be awful. Like I, I live in New York City and they say Greenwich Village would just be mowed down. There would be no um, protection for um, for historic buildings and large corporations would just take over everything. Um, what would be the constraints? What what would prevent the world from becoming um, a dystopian corporate nightmare? Well, I don't know what a dystopian corporate nightmare is. I get a lot more satisfaction in my life out of corporations than I do from the federal government or even from the local government. I mean, these these uh, uh, computer systems and sound systems that we're using to do this interview um, – the fact that we can fly around the world for a reasonably low price uh, at the uh, drop of a hat, all those kinds of things are a product of corporations. And so I'm not, I'm not scared of corporations. Walmart wants to sell me stuff. Bank of America wants to sell me stuff. I get to decide if I want it. But when the government wants to sell me its services, I don't get to decide. They order me to pay. And so to me, the dystopia is being told what you have to do. Um, You talk about historical buildings. Look, society has a certain amount of resources. If a bunch of people in Greenwich Village think that preserving historic buildings is a good idea, then they should get together and buy those buildings, sign covenants, uh, dedicate them to uh, charitable historical organizations. You don't need the government to do that, except when people don't actually want to put their money where their mouth is. So... One thing that the socialists we talked to and the libertarians we talked to agree on is this, that socialism 
is a far more radical departure from the world we live in right now. Uh, Richard Wolff, the socialist, basically there is nothing in the Democratic Party or the Republican Party that he can embrace or endorse in any full way. The libertarians, on the other hand, are much closer to our current political system. There are things that they can see in both the Democratic and Republican parties that they really like. And so I wanted to really dig into this question. What is the role of the libertarians in our current political system? And one thing that you hear a lot is that, you know, one of the more libertarian groups out there is the Tea Party movement. And as you know, Alex, because I've railed about this, I don't buy this. I've been talking to a lot of Tea Party members for a story I'm working on. And yes, they're against government spending and government debt, which is, you know, which are libertarian ideas. But they're also, many of them, very skeptical of free trade. And, you know, I think being pro-free trade is essential to being a libertarian. And I think there's a lot of them who are critical of gay marriage. Bo said, yes, we're right. The Tea Party is not truly, thoroughly a libertarian movement. But they don't mind. They really like them anyway. Some of the people in the Tea Party may believe, uh, uh, may indeed believe in protectionism, may be anti-gay, whatever. But what they've come together to do in the Tea Party is to focus on what they think is the most important issue right now, which is that government is too big and too expensive and imposing too big a burden on the future through the national debt. So in that sense, I do believe it's a libertarian force in, in American politics, and therefore I'm very glad to see it. So the Tea Party, not strictly libertarian, but libertarians sort of like them anyway. But, you know, I've met libertarians who voted for Democrats or favor Democratic proposals. What's up with libertarians? I spoke to someone else at Cato, Mark Calabria. He's an economist there. And he says, you know, the libertarians he knows at Cato and around Washington, D.C. are pretty hard to peg. You do have libertarians who tend to vote Democrat, although I think that's definitely not the majority. I think most do tend to vote Republican and some obviously vote for the Libertarian Party, even though it's unlikely to win national office anytime soon. Calabria says, yeah, we do like a lot of Republican ideas, mostly on economics, even if they generally were not very favorably disposed to George W. Bush's presidency. But they also like a lot of Democratic ideas as well. You know, there are a lot of positions, for instance, that the Cato Institute has. I mean, we are pro-legalizing drugs. We are pro-equality uh, for gay individuals. Most libertarians believe you should be able to do what you will with your body, you know, whether it's having an abortion, whether it's smoking marijuana, uh, or whether it's eating trans fats. Most libertarians take that approach of it is your body, it is you know, your temple, you can defile it if you want. I'd say probably the most surprising view and the most un-Republican view that libertarians have is in the whole area of national defense. I mean, they sound like more radically pacifist than any mainstream Democrat I can think of. For example, could you imagine America without a standing army? You know, my own personal opinion is I, I'm not even sure I think we should have a standing army. The obligation of the government is really in defense. And it's hard to look at many of the things that our government does in terms of the military is actually defense. Right. Um, I, I, I know a fair number of libertarians. I can't think of any of them who supported the Iraq war, for example. Exactly. I think some might have supported Afghanistan because they perceived there to be a direct attack. And even the that, US. there's a little bit of difference. I mean, many libertarians would have supported going into Afghanistan, removing bin Laden, getting out. Uh, libertarians approach, particularly the United States, as a, essentially a social compact. And, who, and so it's a common defense. Well, who is 
within that common defense. So I think most libertarians would take the perspective that the Constitution provides for a common defense of the citizens of America. That would pretty much rule out that we should be intervening in other countries to protect citizens of those countries. Yeah, I don't see a lot of Republicans voting to disband the army and withdraw immediately from all overseas conflicts. Yeah, I think my big takeaway from these conversations is what we said at the beginning, that the Democratic and Republican parties do not have one unified, cohesive view of the economy that uh, that applies throughout. They're a bunch of people with a bunch of different views that get together to win elections. So your guide to the fall election of 2010, a contest between a loose amalgam of contradictory center-left interests versus a loose alliance of contradictory center-right interests. If you would like to dig in and find out where you fit in this loose amalgam of ideas that is American politics, Jacob has links to readings on socialism and libertarianism at our blog, npr.org slash money. Please send us your thoughts, your questions, and your comments to planetmoney at npr.org. I'm Alex Bloomberg. And I'm Adam Davidson. Thank you for listening.